How are you out there? Let's turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 6. We've been working our way through a blueprint for Christian conduct. We preached through chapter 5 and learned lots of great stuff about how to make our marriages healthier and our relationships healthier. We're going to continue in chapter 6. By God's grace and the Lord willing, I'm going to preach through chapter 6 and uh, today we're going to read through verse 9, but uh, I'm only going to cover the first three verses this morning. It, this was this, the morning that we're going to cover. Children, obey your parents. Now, if you knew that was coming and you forgot to pretend you were sick this morning, gotcha. All the young people coming down with the flu. So, Father, we just thank you this morning for your word. We thank you this morning that you give us a conduct blueprint, Lord, because you care how we represent you to the world around us. God, help us to remember that the world is looking at the church and looking at those who call themselves Christians to determine what they think about Jesus. So, Father, we take that as a a huge responsibility to reflect uh, your perfection through our imperfection, Lord God. Help us to do that and help us to understand as we embrace your word and apply it to our lives, your blessing flows upon us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. So here we go, Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 9. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long in the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh and with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as Christ, not by way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as, the, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good thing one does, he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters, do the same thing to them and give up threatening, knowing the both the master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. So let's just focus on the first three verses. There's a lot to unpack in there, and God willing, we'll get to that in the weeks to come. Um, but it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. So we continue in the blueprint here, and we got to hear what God had to say to husbands and to men, and we got to hear what God had to say to wives and to women, and we understand God's structure and God's order. Understand when God's order is in place in your home, the blessing of God flows freely, amen? How many want the blessing to flow freely? I, I'm, I don't want it to spill over. I don't want to miss it. You know that little expression, I'm under the spout where the glory poured out? You know, I don't want to be somewhere else when the glory gets poured out. I want the blessing in my life as a man. I want it in my marriage with my wife. I want it on my children, and I know you do too. And so this blueprint is here not to constrain us, not to get us to jump through hoops, not to get us to do the very things we don't want to do, but it's here so that when we fall in line with it, the blessing of God pours down on our lives. Now, we've heard a lot about conduct, and hopefully thus far it's been an enlightening study. I know that even as a preacher, as I'm preaching through this, it it stretches me and challenges me. Uh, The the messages here are designed to be applied to our lives, not just listened to. 
so the application of what we're saying here today needs to make its way into our homes. Uh, it's very crystal clear in verse 1 here what God is asking from children. He says, children, obey your parents. Everyone say, obey. Now, if we're the ones given the orders to be obeyed, it's okay. How many like to give orders and have them obeyed? The rest of you are just lying. I mean, at work, at home, you say, can you get this done? Can you do this? We're given the orders. We expect obedience. But when someone has the audacity to actually tell mommy's special little boy what to do, you know, everybody thinks, you guys are really rigid this morning. Relax, no one's going to get hurt. You know, we all think we're special. We all think we're the, the center of the universe, and we don't like to listen to anyone. Our flesh doesn't like to be told what to do. We've been over this time and time again, right? The more fleshly you are, the more rebellious you are. Listen, God delivers us from that till we become humble. Say humble. humble. Seen pictures, heard about it, read stories. Humble, right? And when we humble ourselves, we obey. And you, listen, you're never going to be a good leader at anything until you've learned to obey, until you've learned to be a servant, amen, until you learn to be a follower. Oh, no, no, I was born a natural leader. No, you weren't. Leaders are not born. They are crafted and fashioned by the hand of God, amen, and good ones are servants. The Bible talks about servant leadership, amen. Well, I don't serve. I'm, I'm here to be served. Oh, well, Jesus came not to be served but to serve. So understand, when we talk about obedience right away, that's the type of thing that grates at our flesh. And the more flesh we have, the more we don't like obedience. From God's perspective, he told the man to love, the woman to respect, and he tells the children to be obedient. Now, all of us started off as babies. Can we agree on that? My dad claims he was born with that mustache, but we all start off as infants, and as infants, there's no choice whether we're going to obey or not. Our parents make every decision for us. In fact, I'm going to talk about just the fact that we're brought into this world in our society. There's a decision that's made before that happens. And sadly, some people don't even make it out of the womb. But as infants, we are helpless and we are in the complete care of our parents. They have to love us and nurture us and feed us and, and take care of us just to sustain our lives. But as soon as a child gets old enough, and it's not an infant anymore, as soon as he gets to a certain age, he will begin, she will begin to assert themselves in a way that demands their own way. And may, as you've raised children, you've seen this. They get to the place, and it happens really quick. Mine, I do. You know, they just want to be in charge. So, some are more strong-willed than others. Don't raise your hand. This is not the altar call. But... Understand, we have this thing in us that wants to assert ourselves so we can do our own thing and get our own way. We start off helpless, but then we want to become independent. We demand our own way, and our fallen nature begins to manifest itself. We don't like to listen. Our flesh doesn't like to submit. We don't want to obey anyone but ourselves. And so understand, this is a natural progression here. Children being brought up in the home need to learn to be humble, to be obedient, to maybe break that strong will. Why? Because if we don't break it at a young age, if it's not curbed then, there comes a time where it almost becomes unbreakable. 
Now, my sons are both tall enough now and old enough to look me in the eye. When they were little boys, I could tell them to do certain things, and they had no choice. They had to listen. Now they'd look at me, what are you saying, old man? <laughs> my son, oldest son's going to be 20 this year. And Austin's right beyond at 17. So there is this thing about obedience, and children are required to be obedient, and it's part of the development process. But in our flesh, all day, every day, we want our own way. Now, I want to I share something that I saw, a, a little uh, a sign or a meme or whatever they call them. It used to be bumper stickers, but now uh, you see these things, and they're funny, and it said this, Teenagers, tired of being harassed by your stupid parents? Act now. Move out, get a job, and pay your own bills. Do it now while you still know everything. Right? And how many of us can remember? Look, if we're parents today and we're adults, we're on one side of this. But as young people, how can remember as a teenager just thinking, what's wrong with my parents? They're from a different planet. And just everything they said just seemed wrong or they, they don't get it. Mark Twain said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to be around the man. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man learned in just seven years. <laughs> See, the older we get, the more we realize our parents are not out there in left field. Maybe they're different, different culture, different music. Thank God there's no bell bottoms left. <laughs> my parents were hippies, and you could see what has resulted from that. But we get a little bit older and we realize, wow, mom and dad, they, they, had, they had it right. And there was a lot of things that God expected me to learn from them. And though my flesh wants it my way all day, every day, I needed to learn to submit as a young child, as a young man, until I could be a productive part of the society and be a Christian man. Those are things that we learn from our parents. Now, our society is so permissive and so perverse at this point, our culture exasperates the natural tendency for a child to rebel or a teen to rebel. They, they exasperate it in the sense where they legitimize children's will and feelings as much as their parents. I was studying and looking through the internet, and I found an article from England where children as young as four years old were being asked to choose what gender they wanted. And the parents received a letter in the mail, said, please ask your child, hey, mom and dad, go ask your child what gender they'd be preferred, and they listed a whole bunch of different ones, and then please support your child's choice to choose their gender. It was in Brighton, England, and the parents went ballistic. And it happens here in America. It's happened. I'm sure I can find other examples. But the point I'm trying to make here is a four-year-old can't decide these things that, you know, are too complex and too, you know, way out there for them. That, I mean, if you asked me at four-year-old what I wanted to do at four-year-old, I think I wanted to be Spider-Man. That's the gender I would have picked. I used to eat dirt and play with sticks. That's four years old. And look at our society, how permissive it's become. Well, ask the child what they want and respect their decision. And, I mean, moms and dads tiptoe around their children like, you know, like the kids are in charge. And we have this phenomenon in the home where it seems like the children are in charge. Parents are just the activity directors. Well, bring them here and bring them there. And they play every single sport and they do every single thing. And mom and dad are broke and they're exasperated. And the kids go to their room with all these high, sophisticated electronics that we don't understand. And they lock us out. They send us to our room. 
So some things have become backwards, some things have become upside down, but God's word still works and God's order is still the order that allows his blessing to fall out on our families. It starts off as children, it starts off as babies where we want to assert ourselves, but yet God tells us to obey. Now the Bible teaches a child's obedience is pleasing to God. And he actually says this about it, look, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's important. We need godly parents to teach godly things, amen? It's amazing what some people can learn from their parents. Ungodly things. We're going to talk about some of that down the road here as we get into this message. But obey your parents in the Lord. So we're assuming godly parents teaching godly principles. For this is right. And that's what I want. Say the word right. In a world that can't figure out what's right and wrong, this is what's right. Children should be groomed and nurtured and taught by their own parents, and they should listen to what their parents have to say. Wow, that was a weak amen. Just try amen one more time. That was better. Let's convince somebody with that amen. So parents have this, you know, duty from God to bring a child into obedience, to teach them in the ways of the Lord, and it's the right thing to do. Here are two reasons why it's right for children to obey their parents. Number one, because God's structure laid it out that way in his chain of command. Remember we talked about the chain of command that God lays out in Scripture. Christ is the head of man, man is the head of woman, and children are submitted to mother and father, and that's the way the chain works. When God pours out his glory and the family is in order, every part of the family is blessed. But when there's disorder and there's a lack of headship, a lack of covering, a lack of love, a lack of respect, and children are underneath that, what makes it down to them many times is very dysfunctional. God's order is very clear. God's chain of command is clear. And he said children must respect their parents. It's very important that we understand this. Why? Because God has given the parents both the responsibility and the authority to oversee their children's development. Now, if you're not a parent, something happens to you when you become a parent, especially if you're a godly person. You begin to think about all kinds of things you never thought about before, how to protect your child, how to nurture them, how to not, you know, I mean, making, just making the house safe for them so they don't knock a TV down on themselves or stick something in a socket. Hello. I mean, you begin to think of these things. What's that all about? It's God's equipping that he gives to parents because he's given them the responsibility to raise those children. And it's the right thing to do for those children to obey. He's given parents the authority. Now, look what Proverbs 22, 6 says. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. So it's our responsibility to train the children quiet now. Now, parents are busy. Parents are doing their own things. Parents are disconnected. In my generation, we got a music television, MTV, and they said that MTV raised the generation of children. They were latchkey kids. Both parents had to work because our society became so materialistic that one income couldn't support a family anymore. Come on, are you getting all this? This all works together in our culture. And here, you know, kids are being raised by something else other than their parents. You say, the word says, train up a child. You say, pastor, my children are unteachable, untrainable. Listen, I've seen at SeaWorld, they train porpoises to play basketball. You can train your children if you put the effort in. Here, let me clap for you. 
Now, I know some are tough, and I know some are strong-willed, and I know some are easier than others. But we are given the responsibility to train up the next generation, that children should obey their parents in the Lord. So we are teaching them about the Lord so that they have a godly heritage and a godly foundation, amen? It's the parents' responsibility to do this. Listen, it's not the state's responsibility. It's not the school's responsibility. It's not the culture. They say, it takes a village. Did you hear that? It takes a village. Listen, I've seen what the village teaches. I've seen the village say we came from monkeys. The village says you can have abortion whenever you want it. They're going to pass out condoms in the school. You can keep your village. I'll raise my own children, thank you very much, in the fear and admonition of the Lord. It's not the court's job. It's not, listen, it's the parent's job. The church gets this, but our society doesn't. And look at what we've raised in this generation. Just let that sit for a second. God help us. Entitled, angry, expect everything handed to them. Where did that come from? A society that threw in the towel and didn't raise their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Unchurched. It's amazing how in just a few generations we have unchurched children. You say, hey, you ever, you, what kind of church you grow up in? Never went to church. I've talked to people in here in their 20s, in their 30s. Have you ever been to a church like this? I've never been to church. There's a breakdown in the American family. There's a breakdown in our culture, and it's affected our society, and it's on full display now as it burns and loots and steals and riots whenever it doesn't get its way. God help us. God structured the chain of command, and we need to honor it, and we need to train up our children. The second reason why it's right for children to obey their parents is this, because in a godly home, it's our parents who love us more than anyone, know us better than anyone, and want what's best for us more than anyone. Listen, young people, your greatest ally are your parents. Now, we're going to talk about parents who drop the ball, because not all parents do the right things. Not all of them are godly, and there is a lot of dysfunction out there. We're going to talk about that. But we're assuming here we have order in the home to at least a certain degree. And your parents love you more than anyone. Uh, they know you better than anyone. I remember growing up, you know, my, my dad knew what I was going to do before I did it. He was like some sort of Jedi. He would be like, he'd just look at me and say, don't you do it. I'm like, how did you know? Because I did it when I was here. You know, I mean, my mom could just look at me from like 200 yards away. He's lying. You know, right? I mean, come on, parents. Nobody knows you like your parents does. Nobody knows you like your mom. They love us more than anyone. They know us better than anyone. And they want what's best for us more than anyone. Listen, when it comes down to it and the, and the rubber hits the road and you're in trouble and things are falling apart and you have no money, your friends and people from high school and people that you know, listen, it's all about your family, your parents. They're the ones who are going to be there for you time and time again. Come on, parents, let's try and convince them that this is the right thing. <laughs> parents are going, I'm not paying for anything. I'm just, I've had it. The Bible teaches that 
in a godly home. It's our parents who are there for us. Now, here's a quote, and uh, I want to read it to you, and it's an anonymous quote. Did you ever notice that guy anonymous has a lot of good quotes? It says this, you spend years wishing your parents would get off your back only to realize that they're the only ones who ever really had your back. If you're, if you're over like 30 and you think that's true, clap your hands. Amen. A father's love is so important to his children. We're talking about raising godly children. We're talking about children obeying their parents. A father's love can be seen in the eyes of its child. A son whose father loves them, a daughter whose father loves them, has an advantage out there in the world. Why? Because they are grounded on a foundation of love from their father, and it reflects the love of their heavenly father. The, The reason a father's love can be seen in the eyes of his children is this, because a, father's, a father is his son's first hero and his daughter's first love. Fathers, you are important today. Fathers, you are important today. You're not an afterthought. You're not a, a, you know, a leftover. You're not just you know, the sprinkles on the ice cream cone. Though society wants to minimize the, the impact of men and try to say that, we, you know, I don't need no man and I can raise kids. No, listen, God, our heavenly father, designed fathers to do something in the life of their children that only fathers can do. So, Dad, you're important today. Mothers, whose love can be compared to a mother's love? I think a mother's love reflects that selfless, sacrificial love that God the Father has for us better than any example on earth I can think of. Dogs are close. Dogs are close. (laughs) A mother's love. You will find no better friend on earth than your mother. She knows you in ways that no one can because you are flesh of her flesh. She carried you in her body for nine months. You came out of her. You were connected to her. She literally nurtured you. You are flesh of her flesh. Respect your mother. Cherish her. Value her love because when she's gone, you will never find anyone that can replace her. A father's love, a mother's love. Our parents love us more than anyone else. They know what's best for us and they want what's best for us. They know who we are because we are flesh of their flesh. So obey your mother and father, young people. Realize that they're for you, not against you. They've always got your back, even when it seems that they're asking you to do something difficult. Now, having said all that about children obeying their parents, uh, you know, we understand that godliness in the home and a home in right order is necessary for God's chain of command to work. So just as God said to wives, submit to your husbands, he says to children, obey your parents. And abuse is the one thing that breaks the chain of command uh, to the way that, you know, if a child is being abused to make them obey, that is not God's order. Abusing a child is never right. You say, well, pastor, you know, they're difficult. I had to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and understand The anger of man never brings what, Pastor Mike? The righteousness of Amen. And so when we bring our children up and we're teaching them obedience, we never abuse them. It's really quiet now. Are you you buying what I'm selling here? Okay, yeah, yeah, Pastor Mike is. Yeah, I heard you, Pastor Mike. But abuse is an ugly thing. and It has no place in the house of the godly. And it breaks the chain of command in such a way. So a child that is abused 
you know, is in a situation where now God has asked him to obey parents that have not been godly but have become abusive. Now, let me just say a few things about abuse. Though abuse is never justified, uh, a lot of what passes for abuse these days is not abuse. You know, if you make your child do chores, that's not abuse. You know, I mean, we got, we got a generation, I'm telling you, you know, they think, well, I'm calling the child labor laws, you know. When my children were little, they told me, the teacher told me if you do X, Y, and Z, I could report you. You know, you heard that? Now, I mean, if it's abuse, then great. We're going to talk about that. But, you know, you have to do your chores. That's abuse. No, it's not. If you make your children brush their teeth or be at home at a certain time, you know, my parents make me brush the teeth. I'm calling the police. Asking your children not to be around sketchy friends. Young people, listen, we've been around the block a couple times. If your parents have a problem with your friends, you better pay attention. <laughs> Young ladies, if you bring a boy home and, and your father looks at him and, and your mother looks at him and they're like, no way. I don't care. Well, he's got tattoos and a motorcycle. He's a bad boy. Listen, listen to your parents. That's not abuse. If you monitor what they, what they view and they watch on the TV and the computer and the phone, that's not abuse. You know, so I see some parents, you know, and, and we got this liberalism to the extreme where, you know, I'm all for being open-minded, but don't be so open-minded that your brains fall out. Hello? I see parents that, well, I won't look at my child's phone because that's an invasion of their privacy. Pri I didn't have privacy till I moved out. Then I got married and had kids, and I, I have no privacy now. <laughs> privacy. Yeah, but we need to monitor what our kids are looking at. Do you realize the filth and the vile pornography and the, and the child predators that are catfishing for your kids? And parents are like, well, I don't want to. <laughs> were you hit with a bat? <laughs> We've got to protect our children. So monitoring who they hang out with and where they go and telling them to be, this is how, parents that don't do that, listen, young people, parents, well, my friend's parents, well, they don't love their kids as much as your parents love you. The reason a parent, you can, you can ask some of these kids that parents don't care when they're coming, where they're going, who they're hanging out with, what kind of trouble they're in, they don't feel loved. Maybe as a teenager you're going, I wish they loved me a little less. And I get that. I remember being a young person and having to be obedient. It was so fun. But it shaped me and made me the man who I am today. And your parents' love and your parents' discipline, if you honor them, it will produce a crop in your life that will we'll just bless you all the days of your life. Now listen, abuse is never right. If you're being abused, what's abuse being physically hit, mentally tormented, being screamed at, cursed at, run down all the time. If you're being genuinely abused, if you, you, you know, kids with marks all over them, black eyes, we've all seen this stuff. It's completely unacceptable. And God has mandated both the church and the, the secular authorities to have oversight. Parents that abuse their children will lose the right to parent those children, and rightfully so. So if there is abuse, get help. Don't hide. It's not your fault. No child should be physically, mentally, and spiritually abused. God has mandated the church and the secular authorities to protect children from such abuse. So 
Children are to obey. They are not to be abused. But when your parents ask you to do things, you should honor them as if the Lord himself asked you. Now let's move on a little bit here to verse 2. Verse 2 adds another component uh, to, uh, to a child's honor and obedience. It's, it, it folds in this idea of honor. And I want to take a look at this. It says, children obey. We get that. Your parents in the Lord. So it requires a godly structure and God's order for this is right. So it's the right thing to do. But verse two says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Let's just unpack some of this here. The, the component of honor is folded in. Children not only have to just listen, but you know you can listen to somebody and dishonor them. You know, maybe your boss asks you to do something and you're like, okay, and then you go and you gossip by the water cooler about what a jerk he is. Somebody can ask you to do something and you grudgingly, you obey, but you, you don't honor them. Many times as a pastor, I've asked people to do things who eventually did it but dishonored me in the way they did it. Honoring our parents is required of the Lord. It's connected to a promise. We're going to look at that. But the word here, honor, in the Greek is the word tameo. And it means this, to prize, to revere, and to place value upon. God's word is saying we should honor our parents, revere them, prize them as, as important, to place honor upon them. Do you see the cultures that revere their elderly? I think that's a beautiful reflection of God's heart. Elderly people shouldn't be just tossed aside and thrown in a home and ignored so that we can, you know, live our materialistic life and not have any inconvenience. Come on, they fed us, they clothed us, they raised us. Societies that honor their elderly are beautiful. I think of some of the, the uh, Asian cultures, the Japanese. I mean, if, if you're an elderly person, you're not some afterthought stuffed in the corner. You're honored for your wisdom, and, and, and you're looked at as an integral part of the family. Come on, anybody, anybody understand this? Our Western culture, there again, is a little bit messed up in the way we treat our elderly. You know, there are two things that will show you the health of any culture, how it treats its unborn and how it treats its elderly. And I don't know about you, but as I look around, I think we could use a revival in America. We abort our unborn for birth control, and we treat our elderly like they're a nuisance. God help us today, to mayo, to prize, to revere, to place value upon. God asks us that we honor our parents. He particularly asks young people to honor their parents. But even when we become adults, we don't stop honoring our parents. God requires it of us. Now, you say, Pastor, do we have to honor a parent that's obviously dishonorable? And remember, you know, we're, we're just being real here. Not every home is perfect, amen? In fact, all of us grew up with some kind of dysfunction. Some of us put the fun in dysfunction, you know? So not every home is perfect. So Pastor, how do we honor a parent who's obviously dishonorable? Maybe they abandoned us. Maybe they, you know, they, they used drugs and they, you know, maybe you were, they were born hooked to drugs. You, you never know the abuse or what has taken place. To answer that, let me say a few things here. Do I think parents always do the right things for their children and themselves? No. Do I think parents always make good choices for their children? No. Do I think parents never fail or never mistake or are never wrong? 
Some parents try and be like, I'm never wrong, I'm always right. No. Do I think parents can be abusive, manipulative, and selfish? Absolutely. So then why should we honor flawed parents? And I'll give you four reasons why. Number one, we should honor parents even that are flawed as best that we can because God asks us to do it, and it's our obedience to him that's most important. Amen? We're not honoring because they're perfect. We're not honoring because they never made a mistake. We're not honoring because, you know, maybe we got one spanking that we didn't deserve all those times. And every spanking I got, I deserved, and I got away with a lot of ones that they never caught me doing. One time I was walking by my dad, and he kicked me in the butt. I said, what's that for? He goes, that's for all the times I didn't catch you. Right? So understand, it's not about abuse, but... It's about the fact that, you know, our parents aren't perfect, but God asks us to honor them. So we do it unto the Lord. And I've seen people whose parents were abusive and and not good. I've seen people become Christians and then honor those parents in their old age and watch God's blessing fall down. Even restore the relationship or just produce, you know, such a blessing in their life that even though everybody, including them and the parent, knew that, you know, this was not deserved, but they did it unto the Lord and there was a blessing attached to it. The second reason we should honor parents that are dishonorable is this because parents invest untold time, energy, and money into their children. And a lot of times we don't realize it what our parents invest, just what they invested in us when we were babies. Up at all hours of the night, come on, your mother, what she did for you, fed you, clothed you, burped you, changed your messy diaper. But now I'm grown and I don't need them anymore, and so I'm doing my own thing, and they can just fade off into that's wrong. Parents... Number three, make big sacrifices for their kids, seen and unseen. Many times we don't know how many times our parents stayed in rough jobs and rough situations or dealt with, you know, abusive situations for them just to support the family, just to take care of us. There's things we'll never know. There's things we've never seen, but we should honor our parents. And number four, I'll say this. If all our parents have done is given us a shot at life, we should honor them. And I'll tell you why. Because in our country, you can abort a baby for any reason as if it's birth control and it's, it's just accepted and it's, uh, you know, available. And so just the fact that they let you live is worthy of honor. Listen to this. Our abortion rates in America are highest in urban areas. In 2017, these are older statistics, in the District of Columbia, 37% of pregnancies were terminated. In New Jersey, 32%. In New York, 31%. So a third of the children in some of these areas never made it out to the light of day. If your parents let you live, they're worthy of honor. God help us. Honoring our father and our mother comes with a promise and a reward. Look what it says here. Some of this will shake you. Some of this will will make you really think. But it says here that honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. How many people like promises? Especially from God because he keeps them. Amen? Like two people. 
so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, I know some of us have had tough parents. Some of us have had abusive parents. Some of us have had parents that have said miserable things to us that haunt us and the enemy replays over and over in our minds. But if you do your best to honor them, God connects a reward to it. And if you do it just because God asked you, not because they deserve it, God connects a reward to it. It it says here that it may be well with you. If I said to you, you could have a cloud of success, favor, and peace follow you all the days of your life, would you want that? Yeah, I want it. Here, let me raise both hands. A cloud of success, favor, and peace. Why? It says here that it may be well with you. What? If you honor your father and mother, it's a promise from God. God says, honor them, whatever the situation may be. Do it with the right heart. Do it because you love me, and I will bless you. It will go well with you. Have you ever seen people, they just have success and favor and peace and whatever they do in life? It starts by obeying and honoring our parents. Young people, realize you set the tone for your future on how you treat your parents. If you'll obey them and honor them when you don't agree, when you don't understand, when you don't feel like it, if you do it just because you want to honor the Lord and he's asked you to, there is a blessing attached to that, that it may go well with you. Listen, in addition to a lifetime harvest of success, favor, and peace, God promises long life to those who honor their father and mother, if we obey and honor. Look, it says, so that it may go well with you, what? And that you may live long on the earth. Exodus 20, 12 is the fifth commandment, and it says this, honor thy father and mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God gives you. The scripture is telling us one of the keys to longevity is to honor our parents and to obey them as we're growing up so that we're blessable when we move out of the house. Now, I know some of us are not doing that until our 30s and 40s now, but eventually you will move out of the house or they will move the house and leave you there. And when you come out from under your parents' covering, you want to be blessable. You want that cloud of blessing and favor and peace to follow you. And it starts by honoring God's word, falling in line with God's order, and obeying your parents. Listen, I was a teenager. I understand. I I was a young person. I understand. Now I'm a parent, and I understand. But obeying God will never let us down. Obeying God's way. God's way works. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you this morning for your word that encourages us. And Father, in godly homes where there's order, children are blessed, where they're taught the word of God and brought to church, they're more pliable, they're more teachable. Father, I pray for every young person that struggles with rebellion, that has a hard time submitting, that that wants to do their own thing to the point where it's become destructive in their own lives. Father, give them a release this morning to just obey your word and to fall in line with your order. God, as they do, bless them and increase favor and peace in their lives. God, allow them to reap the blessings of what you have for them, that they would walk out their destiny. Help us to remember to honor our parents as they grow old Father, that we would be the ones who would model what it is to care for our elderly in a way that glorifies you. God, help us as a nation to repent of abortion and, Father, to repent of how we treat the elderly and, 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 and talks of 
how we would just shorten the lives of the elderly, push them off to the side and live our selfish, materialistic lives with no concern for the ones who brought us into this world. Change the heart of our nation, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.